What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Welcome to week two of fantasy football. We're going to be talking about some trade targets in this video. These videos are my favorite in-season videos to make. It seems like you guys really enjoy them as well because I believe personally that the thing I'm best at in fantasy football is trading. Nobody drafts perfectly, but you know some of the things that's led me to winning my home league back-to-back years is making smart, calculated trades that eventually lead to rings. So I'll explain more after the intro, but before we get into it, if you guys enjoy at any point during this video, leave a like, comment any of your thoughts down below, any trade advice, I will answer you in the comments, and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. We are closing in on 15,000 subscribers. Really appreciate all the support. Almost at 10,000 over on TikTok if you guys want to follow us over there. But as always, let's hit the intro. Okay, so the two principles that I found to be the most successful when determining who to buy in fantasy football are these. Number one, buying low on elite talents after down statistical performances. And sometimes that means leaning into an uncertain situation. And what I mean by this is sometimes a player might be dealing with a minor injury or sometimes a player you know, in a backfield might have gotten more touches than we think. I promise you, if you stick around here at the Fantasy Stock Exchange, you will understand why being uncomfortable and taking risk in fantasy football trades can lead to big-time reward, big-time championships. And the second principle that I found to be very successful when determining who to trade for is following the usage, spotting candidates for positive regression. The one thing I will say about these two principles is that the second one is definitely the least risky, but the sharper your league is, the more people will know what you're doing when you're buying low on players. For example, I've seen a lot of articles float out, you know, Allen Robinson and Kyle Pitts as trade targets. And that makes sense because, you know, they're positive regression candidates based on usage. But if your league is sharp, your league mates are going to understand that. If you're in a casual league, you can get away with things like that. But the sharper your league is, the more risk you're going to have to take, the more uncertainty you're going to have to lean into. And one of the guys that is my favorite trade target in these type of leagues is CeeDee Lamb. And he's my favorite buy low of the week because we have so much uncertainty surrounding the Dallas Cowboys right now. CD Lamb, the price could be very, very low relative to where CD Lamb should be valued and where he was drafted, especially. So CD Lamb definitely takes a hit with Dak Prescott being out for a couple weeks, four to six, six to eight weeks, however long he's going to be out for. But I am still willing to buy into CD Lamb because number one, CD Lamb was presumed to be an elite talent, which is why he was drafted in the top six, top eight overall wide receivers off the board. We knew he had high reception perception numbers, a good separator, and the whole nine yards that we broke down all summer a.k.a. why we were drafting this guy in the mid-second round in the first place. Number two, Dak wasn't placed on IR, so it's not like this guy's going to be out for the entire season. He should be back by the end of October, early November type of area, and people are really out on CeeDee Lamb right now because they're ready to move him down to wide receiver three territory without Dak, but if CeeDee Lamb is indeed the talent that we thought he was coming into the season, he'll at least be a wide receiver two until Dak Prescott comes back and then return to that wide receiver one ceiling that we had for CeeDee Lamb before Dak Prescott got injured. So this buy low is not risk-free, right? If it was risk-free, then nobody would be selling him because his price plummeted after just one game. All that analysis, the reception perception stuff, the film study, we're throwing it out the window after one bad game against a tough Buccaneers secondary. Nah, I am buying this bargain bin wide receiver right now. If you guys have guys like DJ Moore, Gabriel Davis, Brandon Cooks, Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, guys that are in like the wide receiver 2-3 area, 
I would flip these guys into CD Lamb straight up. And as you guys know, as I broke down all of last year as well, when I talk about a buy low candidate, I like to give you guys examples of who to buy them low for because it's not really relevant to you guys to say, you know, buy this guy and I don't tell you exactly what to pay for him. So those are some of the guys I think you can trade one for one. I also like some of these trades per Yahoo's trade finder. This guy got uh, CeeDee Lamb and Devin Singletary in exchange for Gabriel Davis. I would rather have Lamb than Davis straight up. Same goes for uh, these two guys right here, Christian Kirk and Jahan Dotson. Both of these guys had great weeks last week. CeeDee Lamb didn't have a good week. So this is a classic example of buying low on an elite talent using two guys that had great weeks. And I, ta I talked about that all of last year, right? Two for one sweeteners. I talked about it all the time. Get yourself a tier up at wide receiver by using two wide receivers that just had good weeks. So Brandon Ayuk, the next guy that we're going to talk about, and this one will definitely differ league to league because the reason I like Brandon Ayuk as a solid buy this week is because he actually kind of fits into both categories. The 49ers offense is not likely going to be as bad as they showed in week one because it was a monsoon, the weather was terrible, and it was also Trey Lance's first real start as a quarterback. So this is why he could be considered a positive regression candidate. And the second part is that the Elijah Mitchell injury also presents some uncertainty around this offense. And for those of us who pay attention, we understand why we can take advantage of this for Brandon Ayuk. When Elijah Mitchell missed time in 2021, Debo Samuel averaged over five carries per game. And as a result, Brandon Ayuk was much more effective as a wide receiver because he was not competing as much for targets with Debo Samuel. And as you guys can see in the six games that Elijah Mitchell missed, we have Brandon Ayuk averaging 12.78 PPR points per game and 6.5 targets per game. And this actually includes two games in which Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse in week three and week four. So we're talking about a guy that could definitely be very productive and all the preseason analysis also factors in here too, because we knew that Trey Lance was more of a downfield passer than Jimmy Garoppolo. And we didn't get to see that in week one. He wasn't able to showcase his arm due to the weather and any fringe wide receiver three should probably get it done for Brandon Ayuk. People like Amari Cooper, Alan Lazard, Tyler Lockett, Hunter Renfro, I would imagine any of these guys should be good enough to get it done. Maybe you can take a different guy like a Jahan Dotson, for example, and go after Brandon Ayuk, somebody who came off of a good game. You guys can see some of these trades on the screen here um, going from, you know, Robert Woods and Leonard Fournette to Brandon Ayuk and Dalvin Cook. This guy was able to get Brandon Ayuk for like McCole Hardman. Anybody like that would definitely make a ton of sense. So Alvin Kamara, another guy who is a classic positive regression candidate. But the reason I like him more as a buy low than other just classic positive regression candidates is because he does have some uncertainty surrounding him as well. He's dealing with supposedly a rib injury, which is why he only saw 13 opportunities in week one. And also we have still the looming suspension or the looming, you know, video that could drop of his assault. So there's a couple reasons why the Alvin Kamara manager might be a little bit nervous. I have Alvin Kamara in my home league. I'm not nervous whatsoever, but a lot of people might be if they saw what they saw in week one. It's clear to me that the Saints will be a top 15 passing offense this year. What I saw in week one was very encouraging. Michael Thomas looked like he was back. Chris Olave looked good. Jarvis Landry looked like a solid number three wide receiver. And with Alvin Kamara, the reason why I was willing to draft him still very high is because we know his value has come from receiving work and touchdowns. And if this offense is moving the ball at will, moving the ball really well, then Alvin Kamara goes back to the same old Alvin Kamara that we know and love. The top five running back, the elite talent at the running back position, the elite receiving back, and the guy that can give you six touchdowns on Christmas Day. So you're going to have to pay up for Alvin Kamara still. He's not going to be cheap. Nobody's going to be selling him for you know, nothing, but if you can get him for 85 cents, 90 cents on the dollar, he's going to be an absolute bargain steal for you. you you're still going to have to pay up. You'll probably have to flip a Joe Mixon type, a Najee Harris type, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, James Conner, or Nick Chubb, somebody in that territory of running back. If you wanted to go a one for one straight running back for running back swap, but maybe you could do a two for one example, like
like I talked about before, you could take a guy like CEH who had a good week last week and package him with a wide receiver three type like Julio Jones or Amari Cooper or somebody like that or Christian Kirk and go after Alvin Kamara. And you guys can see some of the trades from the Yahoo trade finder. This guy was able to get Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt straight up for Najee Harris or Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb for Dalvin Cook. This guy got Alvin Kamara for Russell Wilson and Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara and Jalen Waddle for Austin Eckler. A lot of these trades are definitely possible because people are going to be concerned with Alvin Kamara's usage. They're going to be concerned with the looming suspension. They're going to be concerned with the injury, a lot of uncertainty surrounding him. So he is another guy that I am buying low at the moment. Travis Etienne is probably one of my favorite buy lows in the like mid round range because it's feasible that the opposing manager is actually heavily concerned about Travis Etienne. So this is the most uncertain of the guys that I'm going to talk about. I, as I do in all these trade target videos, I talk about five buy lows and three sell highs. Travis Etienne, the concern surrounding him was James Robinson, right? And nobody was concerned about James Robinson this entire offseason. We kind of all assumed that he would start the season on the pup list, that he would you know, not be ready for week one. And that has not been the case. Nine months after a torn Achilles, James Robinson came back and he was a big part of this offense. He led the team in carries. He gobbled up all the goal line work as well. But why I have faith for Travis Etienne is number one, he's basically a rookie running back. He didn't play at all last year. So I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to be able to carve out a bigger role as a result of him just playing better as a player. So he should get better as the season goes along, but mainly it's because he has the most valuable role in this offense. The, he led the team in long down and distance snaps with 75%. He led the team pretty much the entire two minute drill snaps. We expect the Jacksonville Jaguars to not be a very good team. So he has the more valuable role in this offense. To be honest, he looked like he was punished a little bit for dropping the pass that he dropped. The guy was like an inch away from having two receiving touchdowns in this game, and we're not even having this conversation if he catches those passes. So the projection for Travis Etienne is DeAndre Swift, right? That's what we're looking for out of Travis Etienne, mainly DeAndre Swift last year. Jamal Williams took carries away from DeAndre Swift. And Travis Etienne will have carry siphoned away by James Robinson by the looks of it. But we should also keep in mind that James Robinson is only nine months removed from a torn Achilles. So we could, you know, feasibly see James Robinson get some compensation injuries as a result of it. We've kind of already written off Cam Akers as a result of this Achilles tear. So why are we immediately buying into James Robinson as a guy that can stay healthy long-term? So there's a number of different factors at play for Travis Etienne, but it's all really going to depend on the price, right? If he's going for the price that you paid for him, for most people, that was a third round, fourth round redraft pick, then I'm probably not going to buy Travis Etienne on the low. But if you can flip Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Chase Edmonds, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Daryl Henderson, David Montgomery, or even Antonio Gibson for him. I'm willing to buy low on Travis Etienne for that price. And as you guys can see on the screen, some of these leagues, A.J. Dillon was flipped for Travis Etienne and Juju Smith-Schuster. I would rather have Etienne than A.J. Dillon straight up. Uh, Travis Etienne for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like I said. So if you can make a move like that, I think Etienne is a great buy low target right now, but it's really all going to depend on what the opposing manager is feeling about Travis Etienne. Because if they're not concerned about James Robinson, they know that Travis Etienne has the more valuable role, then you're probably not going to be able to buy low on him. But vice versa, if they're panicked about James Robinson, then you might be able to get a bargain on Travis Etienne. And the other guy that I think is going to be an absolute bargain is Devontae Smith. And this one is just simple, positive regression, and his perception being in the absolute toilet right now. Because everybody just watched we have been starved for football for, you know, 10 months or whatever. And everybody just watched AJ Brown absolutely dominate the Philadelphia Eagles offense. He decimated the Detroit Lions and Devontae Smith did diddly squat. He dropped a zero in your lineup. But what's important about Devontae Smith is that he's still a great wide receiver. And what's also important is that the Philly passing game was top seven in the NFL while the game was still close in Detroit because they eventually started blowing them out. But they threw the ball at a 59.3% 
great before they started blowing out the Lions. I don't expect them to be a super pass-heavy offense this entire season. The pass volume that they showed is more than fine for a wide receiver 2-3 type like Devontae Smith. If you guys play in deep leagues with three wide receivers and three flexes, you could probably get Devontae Smith right now for almost nothing. If you're in a super deep league that is more casual, a lot of people will not be in on Devontae Smith. If you can trade, you know, one of the RB2 types from this past week, Michael Carter, Miles Sanders, Rex Burkhead, Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny, somebody like that for Devontae Smith to put in your flex spot. I think that's a great move. Or if you can trade other male wide receivers like Alan Lazard or Julio Jones or Jarvis Landry or Marquez Valdez Scantling, anybody in that territory, I also think is a great guy to go after uh, Devontae Smith with, especially if you guys play in deep leagues or if you just want to stash a guy on your bench. Because I think when he's healthy, when he's ready to go, he's going to be a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type. And if anything were to happen to A.J. Brown also, he has the upside that he could be a wide receiver one or a, a top 15 type of guy as well. Honorable mention as a final trade target to Cam Akers because Cam Akers, I mean, his value is going to completely depend on league to league, right? The guy who has Cam Akers right now might just be willing to hold them because they spent a high draft pick. The guy that has Cam Akers right now might be listening to a lot of fantasy analysts who are saying, get whatever you can get for Cam Akers. And if you can get Cam Akers for a bench piece, you can sell them for somebody that you drafted in like the double digit rounds, like a Jahan Dotson, for example, then go out and get Cam Akers at that price. But beware that he is a, a very risky acquisition. So do not spend a ton, a ton on Cam Akers. So the other side of the coin is the sell highs, right? We talked about five or six buy lows. Here are some sell highs. And the two types of sell highs that I talk about, as I you know, kind of talked about the two principles for buying players low, number one, players whose perception outweigh their actual value. And this is usually due to you know, big time performances, especially in primetime games when everybody's watching. So that's the main type of sell high that I usually like to sell high on. And number two is regression candidates in the other direction, right? If somebody has, you know, not a lot of usage, but they were able to perform a huge, you know, fantasy day, that's also the other side of the coin from a regression candidate. So the first guy is Daryl Henderson, right? I already kind of touched on Cam Akers, but this one's for a couple of reasons. The reason I'm not in on Daryl Henderson is because even if I'm wrong about Cam Akers and he isn't anything special this year, Henderson could still be very well overvalued. This guy is mid as fuck. The, the guy is not a good running back. And right now, people's perception of Daryl Henderson is that he might be the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams offense, an offense that we still expect to be very good, even though they weren't very good in week one. Cam Akers was not healthy heading into the week one opener. We had a short week on Thursday night football in week one of the NFL season. It's extremely possible that Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers split touches or Cam Akers just outright wins this job because Cam Akers wasn't physically able to run a week before this game. On August 28th, we got a report saying that Cam Akers wasn't able to get to a full speed workout and that Daryl Henderson was able to go through a full speed workout, no problem. So apparently they were both dealing with soft tissue injuries in camp, but for whatever reason, Daryl Henderson recovered from his first. Maybe it was because he suffered his before Cam Akers, whatever the case was. But I think that is the reason that we saw Daryl Henderson dominate the snaps, not because Cam Akers is washed or because he's a bum. I think eventually Cam Akers takes over this backfield. But again, even if I'm wrong, it's going to be a split backfield no matter what. And he's still recovering from whatever that soft tissue injury was. And we'll have to see how that plays out. But the reason I think Daryl Henderson's a good sell high is because his perception is so high right now, right? There's trades on the screen that you guys can see where you can get Travis Etienne and Alvin Kamara straight up for Daryl Henderson. You can package Daryl Henderson with another piece, maybe a wide receiver or a quarterback if somebody lost Dak Prescott. And you can go after DeAndre Swift or somebody in a similar tier. If you could go after, you know, Daryl Henderson plus Carson Wentz could get you 
a, a DeAndre Swift type. It could get you a Michael Pittman type. Like if you're able to do something like that, that is absolutely absurd. Again, it's all going to depend league to league. So don't go down to the comments and tell me that I'm crazy for suggesting trades like that. I'm trying to appeal to all of you guys. If your league is sharper than that, you won't be able to get trades like that done. But if your league is a little bit more casual, you will. And you guys can see a couple more trades here. You, somebody flipped Daryl Henderson straight up for DK Metcalf, for Jalen Waddle, for Amon Ross St. Brown, for Juju and Hunter Renfro. Like I'm easily taking those wide receivers over the borderline back-end RB2 handcuff type that Daryl Henderson is. If you drafted him, he definitely hit on where you picked him, but I think you can flip him for even more than where you got him for. So uh, definitely a guy that I'm looking to sell high right now. Another guy that I'm looking to sell high is Gabriel Davis. He definitely fits more into the first category, a guy that has his perception outweighing his actual value. His actual value, if you guys are curious, if you have Gabriel Davis and you're like, what should I value this guy as? What you should view Gabriel Davis as is exactly how you view Mike Williams. A boomer bust wide receiver too, plays in a good offense, so he has the potential to have game-breaking weeks. People in your league might view him more highly than that. This is an easy candidate to take and go after CeeDee Lamb. This is an easy candidate to take and go after any other wide receiver that had a down week in, in week one. Use him to tear up to a stud. You guys can see... This guy took Gabriel Davis and he flipped them straight up for Dalvin Cook. Now, I don't know how realistic that is, but if you could take the first trade, I think is very realistic. You take Gabriel Davis and you take Antonio Gibson and you go after Alvin Kamara and you get Gerald Everett as just an additive to this, to this trade. I think that is a awesome trade to make. Another one, Gabriel Davis and Nick Chubb, and he goes and gets Jamar Chase. Like getting a superstar like Jamar Chase for a guy like Gabriel Davis and Nick Chubb is a awesome move to make, especially if you're in more of a shallower league where your starting lineup is really your bread and butter. I think that is a great move to make with Gabriel Davis. Depending on your league's pub public perception of him, he is got, uh, a guy that I think you can definitely sell high on as well. And another guy is Antonio Gibson, and he is just the classic regression candidate. Uh, Dwayne McFarland wrote this in the utilization report for week one. Antonio Gibson delivered in a big way in week one. He had a top 10 finish at running back, but the commanders faced the fourth least long down and distance situations in week one, which meant more snaps and more routes for Antonio Gibson. Because as we know, when they're in long down and distance, when they're in negative game scripts, that job goes to JD McKissick. And we also have Brian Robinson doing side work at practice nearly like two weeks after being shot. So once Brian Robinson comes back, JD McKissick's still involved. We're back to the same conundrum we had with Antonio Gibson all off season and why a lot of people were, were fading Antonio Gibson. So as you guys can see, the routes, the uh, long down and distance snaps and the two minute drill snaps are probably going to correct themselves more in the favor of JD McKissick. And I think you can get quite a bit for Antonio Gibson right now. People are probably aware that, that Brian Robinson is going to come back at some point, but I still think like the, I talked about in the Gabriel Davis trade, if you package in Gabriel Davis type and a Antonio Gibson, you could probably get up to a superstar running back. You could probably get up to a superstar wide receiver, like a Mike Evans, for example. And I think that would make a ton of sense if you're looking to do something like that. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, if you did, leave a like, comment any of your thoughts down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. If you guys want to check out some uh, Best Ball Resurrection, they now have that live on Underdog Fantasy. What that basically is, is now that we know what happened in week one, you can draft some more Best Ball teams, get yourself uh, some shares of some big prizes, but now actually having the, you know, the hindsight of knowing what happened in week one. So that's definitely cool. If you guys want to check that out, use the promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit over at Underdog Fantasy and you will get 100% back on whatever you put in. And you'll also get our weekly and our dynasty rankings for free for the entire season. So if you guys want our start set rankings, that's how you can do it. You can also get them over on Patreon if you're in a state that does not uh, allow underdog fantasy. And also make sure to check out promo code FSE for 10% off anything Establish the Run has to offer. Establish the Run 
has a ton of great analysts for DFS and player props like Michael Leone, Adam, uh, Adam Levitan, and Evan Silva, whose work I've been following for years. And you guys can get 10% off any of their packages. Some of the most well-researched analysts in the industry. They even have offensive and defensive line matchup stuff that is bar none the best out there. You can get 10% off any of their packages when you use the promo code FSE on their website. So check that out. All the links will be down below in the description. But peace out, and we'll talk to you soon.